talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And we are back, Messy Christianity. Hello, guys. <laughs> Jeff, thanks for letting us be a part of this, man. Hey, I know if you're a, a longtime listener, all two of you, you probably are wondering, who in the world is that voice? And there's actually a third person in here. Don, you want to say hello? Hello. <laughs> this is your first time doing a podcast, right? That's correct, This sir. will not be your last, I promise. Uh, just think of all the people who get to hear God's story uh, mm. because of the miracle of technology. Uh, so normally Brent and Kevin are in the studio with me, and we talk about uh, life, faith, and everything in between. That's why we call it Messy Christianity. And the idea is Christianity is not cut and dry simple in terms of living out your faith. You know, we, we're still human, and we deal with things, but yeah. it's that we have the power of the gospel and God's grace to, to help help us through it. But you guys are guests today for two reasons. One, because uh, it is summertime, and Brent and Kevin are we're all just going different directions, and so I decided we would just do something uh, as the Lord led, and two, because you've got a great story, and we've recently reconnected. We we met each other, what, 20, both of you, 22 years ago? Yeah. Golly. I believe so. Um, so go ahead and tell us who you are, and tell us about your family. All right. Well, I'll start. I'm Jared Proctor, and of course, my wife Dawn here. We have three kids. Uh, Levi Jonathan is our oldest. He's 15. Uh, Leah Hope is our daughter. She's 13. And then the story that we're going to tell is about our son, uh, Titus, who is kind of what we'd call the bonus baby. We thought we were done with two, and then uh, we had uh, Titus uh, about 10 years later, uh, nine years uh, behind Leah. So, uh, yeah, he's got an interesting story. And how do you want us to start, Jeff? Well, let's just start. Uh, I'll tell you. So uh, you guys came over the house the other day. And as soon as Titus got out of the car, he ran over and he wanted a, either a hug or a high five. <laughs> and I was like, man, this kid's got some spunk. And then just through the whole night, it was so cool watching him. Uh, just he, he had he had a, a, a pizzazz about him. But then yeah. also watching the two of you and the two kids just love this little boy. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, there's got to be a story of God's grace here. And so. Uh, just start with the beginning. How how did you um, how did you find out you were pregnant? Were you were you expecting it? Um, and then what what were some of the challenges? And I'll just kind of butt in every now and then. Well, let me just dive in first and say Titus is full bore. He loves. <laughs> well, people. I called him Tasmanian Devil the other yeah. night. I thought afterwards. I hope I didn't offend him. <laughs> no, that, no. I didn't mean that that way. No, and I and I, I don't want to offend you, but he loves to hug people, especially if they look homeless. The more <laughs> homeless they look. <laughs> They just really, we live on the north side of Springfield, Missouri, and there's a a homeless population. And man, he, if somebody looks really (laughs) rough, if if they haven't shaved in two months and haven't showered in three weeks, man, he thinks we should hug that guy. So Uh, the Lord's really given him that compassionate, (laughs) you know, so feel honored, brother. I'm just wondering what in the world, (laughs) I hope I don't smell and, you know, that's awesome. No, but he, he does. He, and he especially loves guys. He, he just... Uh, loves to give guys hugs and high fives and wow. Well, I'll start with um, part of the story where the Lord, um, where He started with me, and it was um, the it was Octoberish, and I was at a women's retreat. And um, if you remember that song, "Oceans," was mm-hmm. super popular during that time, and um, I'd sing it, sing it many, many times. But there was something about this retreat and this time. There's a line in there. 
I believe it's on the bridge, but it says, take my feet farther than I would ever wander, where I'd ever go on my own. Hmm. And we've done a lot of ministry over the years. We've been at our church for about eight, nine years at that time. And it just felt kind of static in a lot of ways. And I remember praying through that song with passion, where will you take my feet where I would never willingly wander. And in my mind, I'm thinking Africa, I'm thinking India, I'm thinking to the ends of the earth. And really, I didn't remember this prayer or this moment, probably for another year or so um, after Titus, uh, we had Titus, that the Lord took me back to this moment. So fast forward to January, I turned 40 years old and um, we had just sold our home um, that we had built. It was a dream home. Uh, we were in a lot of middle of a lot of transition. We were in this old dingy rental and no one was happy in our home at all. Our kiddos were 11 and nine. And I thought that I was having um, some stomach issues. I had had some health issues. I found a a knot or um, something in my stomach that I could physically feel and we just didn't know what to think. We had a really dear friend. Jared was on the phone with his best friend. And he said, why don't you just try a pregnancy test? But prior, several years before that, the doctor had told us that that wasn't even on the table for us. So we had trusted that wholeheartedly and had not, never even fathomed pregnancy. You're saying after you had your kids, the doctor said mm-hmm. that that's really not going to happen uh, anymore. As we are going through the stomach problems that Dawn was having... Uh, trying to eliminate what what could this be? Is it celiacs? Is it a gluten allergy? Which is actually what it was. We found it later. Um, but in all these stomach problems, we couldn't ever nail it down. And so we said, let's go off all medication. Yeah. Let's go off any drugs that we're consuming. And, and that way we can say we, we can narrow down. It's not because of these things. So we kind of did a real holistic diet for a little while. And the stomachs didn't, the stomach issues didn't clear up because uh, during that time, was the first trimester of pregnancy. So wow. it, I think there was maybe a week or two that it was a little better, and then it just you know, got worse again, which now looking back, we could say, oh, that was, yeah. that was just pregnancy. But at the time, we were thinking it might be cancer. So when Dawn mm. felt the spot in her stomach, she's, you know, for us, turned 40. There's a, sto- a spot in her stomach. We have family members that have suffered from ovarian cancer. And so all of these things, of course as the husband are just rushing through my mind. Yeah. So we did take the pregnancy test and then that led us to the doctor and we found out that we were 14 weeks pregnant. Wow. Yeah. So we missed that by a <laughs> lot. So we kind of skipped the first trimester <laughs> altogether. So, um, yeah. So they asked us very quickly, um, to quickly take up, um, I forgot what you would call it now, but just kind of some prenatal testing yeah. um, on our little one and see if there Which were is any issues. really fun when you're at the doctor. You weren't <clears throat> expecting to have a baby, yeah. and they're looking at you saying, you're really too old to have babies. <laughs> and because of that, we need you to take these tests. Yeah. You know, so that was... Uh, because of your advanced maternal age. <laughs> yeah. Advanced oh, is that the way they say age? it? Yeah. Yes. It's AMA, so right? Yeah. Advanced, advanced maternal. maternal. Age, yeah. You're so. just mature. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we took those tests. Um how we found out is a crazy, incredible God thing. Um, and I'll let Jared share that part of it. Yeah, we going back to we had sold our dream home that we had built, and we were selling it because we had some of our best friends that were going to be missionaries. 
and we were saying, man, we could sell this home, build something smaller, and give more towards them. We are actually on the way to the airport to drop them off, and I got a phone call. Um, or did you get – I think Dawn got the mm-hmm. phone call. And so we pulled the van over. They they have a family of um, four kids, and then so there's six, and then our family of four. So um, we're driving up to Kansas City to the airport, get the phone call, pulled off the side of the road. And so Dawn and I – and Dustin and Heather just gathered on the side of the road and just wept for a little while. Um, and, of course, you know, you want to pray for healing at that point because the diagnosis isn't 100% accurate. And I remember at that moment we prayed, we just want the Lord to smile. Like, Lord, whatever whatever bring you glory, whatever would please you in this situation, that's what we want. So this Naturally, was Dustin had had a diagnosis, right? Uh, Dustin is the, the missionary in Peru that okay. we're good friends with. So Dawn receives the phone call as we're driving the 15 passenger van up there. She says, Jared, I need you to pull over. So we pulled over at an exit. I think we were, um, maybe in Carthage, Missouri. We pulled over at the, uh, no, it was Nevada, I believe. And we pulled over and, uh, the four of us got out of the van and we told them we just got this phone call from the doctor and would you guys pray with us? And so the four of us just prayed on the side of the road, and that was our prayer. The phone call was, uh, your baby um, is going to have Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And so for us at the time, you know, that's difficult because that's not 100%. Yeah. There are some more accurate tests that you could take, which we chose not to do. Uh, and, of course, the doctor advised, hey, you, you should take these tests. And we were saying... Titus is going to be Titus no matter what the tests are. And so we're just going to pray that our attitudes would be, Lord, we want you to be glorified in the situation. Whatever it is, we want it to bring a smile to your face. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was kind of some of the diagnosis uh, that we went through. And it was, um, we believe that we want to give our, our, child, our children a name that uh, number one is a great ministry opportunity for them. They can talk about why they were, they received that name and that it would glorify the Lord. So we named Titus, Titus Josiah. Titus is to honor, and Josiah is the healer. And so that was really our thought is the Lord can heal Titus, but we want to honor him, whether he chooses to heal or not. And so that was kind of the heart of really the pregnancy and walking through these times of us you know, really having the difficulty of praying for healing. Um, I, I guess that he would be a normal child. I yeah. think that's like a natural desire <clears throat> that everything would be okay or healthy. And which is kind of interesting. I remember the first time I filled out a resume uh, to be a pastor, you know, I wanted to write a little paragraph about our family. And so I wrote, I don't know if you remember this, Dawn, but I wrote, we have two healthy children. And Don said, I don't think you should write healthy because what what about the people in that church that don't have healthy children? Oh, wow. And I thought, oh, man, I, I didn't think about how that mm. could feel, um, you know, for that person that always walks with the weight of a special needs child. I never had even thought about that. And so, you know, we, we changed the wording to two lovely kids or two joyful kids or something like that. Uh, you know, trying to maybe catch more people. But to then remember that years later, now that we've walked through, you know, 
all that happened with Titus. Yeah. So, no, go ahead. Uh, keep keep telling the story because I've got lots of questions, but I want to hear the story first. Well, when it comes to the thought of healing, one of the <clears throat> one of the struggles and where I kind of sat for a long time is when we first got the word. We were on our way to Kansas City, and when we got to where we were staying that evening, I opened up Google and I just Googled Down syndrome, and. I was overwhelmed and honestly I didn't go back to Google until after we met Titus there wasn't a need to it was way too overwhelming because as the Lord knits every child individually he was knitting Titus individually so you can read all the stats and all of the metal conditions the things that could be wrong because what down syndrome is it's trisomy 21 what you have is on your 21st um, chromosome he has an extra copy so he has three copies in that if it is in every cell in his body which for titus it is um it's in each cell of his body it can affect any system any organ in his body um in an abnormal way of what we would see so when that when you're looking at that, that can become very overwhelming and very fearful. Mm. And I walked through those several months of pregnancy and fear. My number one fear, there's a high number of kiddos that um, you lose prenatally um, with Down syndrome. So that was a fear that I walked through that I wouldn't be able to take him home. Um, then there was the fear of what medical conditions he could have with his heart. Every ultrasound, and we had many, many, we had incredible prenatal care. We'd ask specifically, so what's his heart look like, you know, and what's, what's his stomach area look like? You know, like all of his systems, we just wanted to know how's he doing? You know, we wanted a picture into what God was doing. Mm. And the Lord continually placed his hand on our shoulder and would say, I'm, I'm at work and I'm doing this. And so that's when Jared said his name came as, you know, to honor the healer because God is healer. That is who he is. Even if he chooses not to heal in a certain situation, he still is the healer. Exactly. He still is healer no matter if he says yes or no. Um, so we wanted to be able to bring honor to him whether or not his answer to us was yes or no. And there's different things in Titus's life that have been um, no's, but there's been far more yeses from the Lord mm-hmm. where he's heard our prayer and he, he's heard our plea and he's healed. So the Lord, I so now my prayer, when I pray for Titus or I pray for anyone in healing, is that the Lord will display who he is and his healing in this person. Um, and so we pray that for Titus continually. And, you know, you think about, we hear about how autism has a spectrum. And it's interesting because in life, you know, if you're thinking of averages, what's an average person really look like? Mm-hmm. We, we're all so diversified. So um, you Google something and and you've you've thrown away averages because you could hear this kid's story, but that doesn't mean that's the way your kid is going to turn out. Um, mm. So there's always something you could worry about, and that's where we really had to battle that of we're going to trust the Lord. He is going to knit this boy together, and if it's a short life, if it's a long life, if it's healthy, if it's complicated, 
he's knit him and he did it for his glory. Right. And so as believers, we're saying that's what we want as our goal is to glorify the Lord. When we, when it came to our, uh, the actual time of delivery, I'll, I'll tell that story real quickly, Jeff. You, you've invited a preacher and a pastor's wife <laughs> to be in the studio. I am so, fully aware of what I have done. You know, we'll let you have the questions over lunch is what will happen. You'll, you know, this, Dinner. We'll take up our half hour. That's great. Um, but we went in to see the doctor, and of course, every time they would be um, doing the ultrasound to check on Titus, and every time, you know, we're praying for healing, and there's even some spiritual attacks there that the yeah, devil is whispering, if definitely. you just had more faith, mm-hmm. he'd be healed. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, because did, didn't you, re- or did you wrestle with, I'm sure, the the battle between how come I'm afraid if I'm a believer and I'm supposed to have faith, and did that cause you to every be... Day. What did you? How did you wrestle with that? I, Paul, well, I, Dawn struggled with it. I didn't. I mean, I'm, <laughs> you're I'm the a preacher. pastor. Yeah, I, that's right. No, I Revelation I, yeah, twenty one right, eight. Right. Twenty one eight. Uh, well, you know, we when we found out, there's a couple of people. Of course, we told our family, but you you know those. If you've been following Jesus for very long, you probably have a couple of friends that are followers of Jesus that you'd say, if I needed a prayer warrior. Hmm. That's who I'd call. Yeah. So we have, you know, five or six friends like that, and we called them and asked them to pray. And I remember there was one guy that I called, and he said, this is the first thing whenever I, I told him, his statement was, Jared, I'm going to pray that God would give you grace for all the stupid things people are going to tell you. Wow. Good. And I just thought, what a great word that is, because yeah. that doesn't stop, you know, that there are still, and really for the rest of our lives, there'll be people who treat Titus differently, sometimes out of ignorance, and sometimes just um, and maybe out of being naive, that they don't understand what they just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always uh, conferences that we might want to go to, and they say, we have child care, and we say, oh man, that's great, and then we say, now our son has Down syndrome, and they would say, well, we probably don't have adequate care. And so... And we understand that, you know, there's a ratio of, of teachers to children that you need. Um, but it's just, we'll always walk through that with Titus. It'll always be a little bit different. Walking through school now, you know, Titus is about to turn five. And so walking with the school system on on what special education looks like. And some people, uh, I know I'm, I'm fast forwarding. I was, I was going to tell the story of uh, Titus's birth, but... Um, I'll jump on ahead if that's okay. Uh, I'll tell that story real quickly and then move on if it's okay. But uh, we went in, had an ultrasound. They said your your amb- ambionic fluids are low, so we're going to induce. We went in to induce and, um, you know, had some friends gathered around us to pray. Some monitors went off. They ran into the room and gave, uh, you know, Dawn a shot. And then the the monitors went off again. And so, you know, we were scheduled, I think, to induce around like five or six. And they rushed in the room like 4.30 and just took Dawn out. And so I was left in there saying, "What? wait, where are you going? And a nurse finally said, here, you can sit here. And I, I sat down in the hallway, ended up being an emergency C-section. And just even in that, almost losing Titus and really almost losing Dawn, I sat for probably half an hour out in a hallway and just had doctors and nurses run past me the whole time. Wow. 
And after about a half an hour, a nurse came out, and I remember she was she was covered in blood. She had blood all over her uh, hands, the gloves, the and on her gown. And she said, "Everything's going to be okay." And I said, "Is is Dawn all right? Is Titus okay?" And she was crying. This nurse was. She was crying, and she said, "Everything's going to be okay. I have to go." And stepped back in. And so that's the only word that I received whiz. at the beginning. You know, was just wait, w- wait, what is going on? And there's so much of Titus's story that felt that way of just wait, what's going on? Everything yeah. just feel, feels like it got wrecked. And so just sitting there in the hospital, weeping and going before the Lord and saying, Lord, I, I trust you, but please don't take my wife. Lord, I trust you, but please save our baby. Mm. And so that's when Titus was born. I started to tell a story about it just being different. Uh, and Don, I, I want to hear you talk, so I'm just like telling stories. Uh, but Titus, whenever he was one, um, well, back up. We sold our dream home. You preacher, you. Yeah, we sold our dream home, <laughs> and so Don's pregnant, so she's de- dealing with all. Did the you make emotions. any deals with God, or did you try to? Lord, do you know we just sold our dream home? Yeah. Really? Do you know our reason for doing that is so we can be better on missions? And and really, this is what you choose to do? <laughs> I mean, no, I don't think I ever felt any like God owed me anything. It just was not what we had planned. You know, we were going to sell our dream home, and we were like, we can live in something small. And this was so sacrifice was a big yeah. We you were sacrificing, and we wanted to do that. Yeah. So we were going to build a much smaller home. We said, let's just get like five acres, and we could build on that. And we lived in out in the country, so five acres would be a really small piece of land. Um, out where we lived. So Dawn is going through all of this. We're living in just a dump of a rental. In fact, <laughs> no one ever... If the rental rented. owner is listening to this, <laughs> your house is a dump. Yeah, it was... Change no one it, ever fix it. rented it. For two more years, we would drive oh. by and be like, no one still rented that. It was horrible, Jeff. Oh, so Dawn is going through all the emotions of pregnancy and the diagnosis. And so I was left to say, Jared, just find some land. So I found some land that was in um, was going to be repossessed. It was going to be sold at the courtroom. And so I'm like, oh, we could buy that, and there's a house on it, and I'll fix up the house. So we buy it, and the house was like just – it was condemned, really. It was so livable. Yeah, it wasn't livable, so we moved that out. And so I got to come home and say, listen, I've got a great idea. <laughs> I'm going to buy a 29-foot uh, travel trailer, and we'll live in it. And so we – Titus ended up going to uh, the neonatal ICU, so NICU, and we brought him home from that on oxygen to a 29-foot travel trailer. With and two teenagers. With two ne- teenagers, and right. Two. And the oh, two of us living goodness. in just deep in the woods. And, you know, a house that had just been <laughs> condemned, uh, you know, it was, it was a double-wide trailer, so we had it pulled off. And, you know, it was like roaches were just falling out of it as they were driving it down the road and rats scattering. And so we're in this, you know, mice-infested, roach-infested travel trailer. And, uh, you know, Dawn's just been so patient with me through all of that. I'm like, we can do it, you know, all for the glory of God. And she's saying, you better build me a house and you better do it quickly. Dude, you'd have been better off going to India or something. That would have been less stress. Oh, my goodness. It was a lot. But, I mean, God was wow. gracious the whole time. So when we brought Titus home, he's on oxygen, he started having infantile spasms, and infantile spasms are seizures, 
um, in your brain, uh, in an infant's brain, but it doesn't look like a seizure. It looks like hiccups. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like a hiccup, and then the child would be really tired. Well, it normally takes a while to diagnose that, but one of the symptoms is they begin to regress mentally and physically they if they were able to set up suddenly they aren't able to set up if they were able to roll over suddenly they aren't so we uh dawn actually is was just wonderful she said this doesn't seem like just hiccups so she recorded it sent it to our pediatrician and they looked into it and said that that looks like it might be the beginning signs of infantile spasm so we found it really quickly went to the hospital um and had the uh you know, all the EEG. EEG, all the leads attached to Titus's head. And they came out and they said, yeah, Titus has, um, you know, the, these infantile spasms. So the doctor told us the different treatments for it. And I remember saying, "What? well, what treatment would be best? And the doctor said, I don't know what you mean. And I said, well, if this can, if there are long-term effects for his brain function, we want to give him, you know, the brightest future and the doctor looked at us and said, he has Down syndrome. And I remember thinking, huh. <laughs> why would you write my son off? Hmm. Like, like it wasn't going to matter that he was having infantile spasms because this doctor was already saying he's limited. <clears throat> and that's, I think, was those things, going back to my friend's prayer for grace for all the dumb things people would say, just the realization that this person was saying he's never really going to be that much anyways i mean i'm i'm putting words in their mouth yeah. but you know at that point you want to you want to go them. old testament on somebody you know you're like <laughs> yeah. let me talk to you about and the lord the Lord's smoked him. Wrath, you know <laughs> um but to be gracious to know yeah. we're still called to be a light to that doctor and so so i was going to i wanted to ask this question so thank you for bringing it up People do say dumb things. Sometimes yeah. it's because they're just dumb, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's because they're awkward and they don't really know what to say. So would you help those who are, me and all of us who are listening, what are some of the dumb things that have been said to you, and, and maybe can you clarify or can you adjust it of either what to ask or how, you know, you know what I'm asking? That's a huge question, but but I find myself sometimes in a position of wanting to just be normal because I know that instinctively that's what people want. But at the same time, the tendency to want to do something special or, or unique. And then it's almost like I'm in slow motion going, Hey dummy, don't do that. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's, it's a struggle. So help me to know some dumb things that can be said and that shouldn't be said and what to do different. Well, we had a um, friend when we were walking through some things that were said that were really, really difficult. And I remember him saying to me, um, and just looking as I had tears rolling down my face, and he's a dear friend of ours who um, actually serves overseas. And he just simply said, you have to look at the person's heart when they're talking to you. Like they're going to say things that come out, but you need to look past what they say and see them. Wow. And um, it changed a lot. There, I think an understanding, we didn't know anything about the special needs community until the Lord placed us here, right? We didn't have any insight. We didn't have close friends that had kiddos with um, special needs. We didn't, we, we just weren't a part of that community. And 
So I didn't understand it fully. So from our point of view, one of the things that I would say is that, how do I put this? Number one, some of them don't know Jesus. Some of the mommies and daddies don't know Jesus. And so we need to be able to give a lot of grace, right? And we want to walk carefully. But I would say that most of all, I think from our point of view, when someone approaches Titus, I want him to be treated like any other child. Yes. But I think the biggest tip is just kind of just watch how the parents are interacting with him or his siblings or someone else. Um, And don't, I don't know. This is a really hard question because there's really not, I kind of want to say don't fear him, mm-hmm. you know, because there is that awkwardness, isn't it? There, there's this awkwardness of um, I, I've n- never interacted with someone with Down syndrome before. I've never interacted with someone with autism before. I've never interacted with, you know, and we can get in those situations. And so just um, I would say interact with them. You know, um, a lot of parents will say to, Actually, to acknowledge their child is a really big deal instead of um, pretending they don't exist. Um, Do you see that a lot where people kind of overlook Titus? Not Titus. Um, per se, Titus is hard to overlook. Titus <laughs> yeah, is. Um, he's he got, walks he's, into a, He will yeah. make himself known. Yeah. He walks <laughs> he into walks the in. room. Me. and Me. Yes, yes. The other day we walked into church. It was a Wednesday night and... <laughs> Uh, we were there about five minutes early, he and I, and we walked through the back part of the sanctuary and everyone's just kind of chatting and milling around, right? And he just threw his hands up in the air really big and yelled, hello, and then just pointed at me and it was just at himself and just was waving at everybody. He wants his presence to be known. He loves people. He loves to interact with people. And so um, Titus doesn't necessarily get overlooked very easily at all at all so i would say to answer your question jeff just realizing it's kind of one of those situations where you don't realize how difficult it is and so like you see titus and you say man what a joy but you don't also see Uh, the back push the cord back in you hit it and it did it click in I think it clicked. Yeah, there you go. Here now. Yeah. Sorry about that, Jeff. That's all right. Yeah, this is the preacher hands just going everywhere. If you're... But you're a musician, dude. You should yeah. know that. Yeah, right? leave my, yeah, don't touch the cord. Um, no, just that <clears throat> the difficulty is people would see Titus and say, man, what a joy. But they don't see the other side of the story that we may have been up with Titus all night. So I would say most parents with special needs kids are tired. Okay just insanely mm. tired. And so one would be to have grace, that there'll be moments that Titus is really difficult, and there's moments where you think, this kid is just amazing, like he just loves everybody, and it, you know, two minutes later, he may have a meltdown. And for Titus, most people never see the difficult moments. And so to give us grace, and we're going to try to do the same for... Right. Um, the people who just don't understand and they'll learn how to interact. Um, but I think for the most part with us, most people have been um, very gracious. There are the times that they aren't stand out to us, you know, like that yeah. doctor or someone at the school who says something and you think, why are you, 
why would you not want to help my kid? You know, that that's just uh, probably the more difficult situations. So what about the other two? Um, do they feel that um, maybe Titus gets all the attention from other people? And do they do they feel like they're in the shadows? I mean, obviously, you can people can feel different things at different times. But I'm just curious, how do you manage that? How do you how do you balance that? Because I I know that for me that I, actually that was the thing that I was cognizant of, is that when um, you guys came over the other night, like Titus was so there, like hey, and and it dawned on me that man, I can give all my attention to this kid, and I can forget that you have two teenagers mm-hmm. there that are standing there. And I just wondered, you know, is it, what, you know, what, what do you do? What, what's it like? Does that make sense? I don't even yeah. know what to, to say about it. Well, thank you, number one, for noticing our kiddos um, and, and just noticing them because they stand on the side a lot with Titus and our oldest, Levi. Uh, it's a gift he has. I was just talking to him yesterday about just the gift that he has to let his sister and his brother shine. Hmm. Um, he will stand in the shadows and joyfully let them get all of the attention. And he will relish in that. Um, it's a gift that he has and the Lord uses and will continue to use. Well, he did let his sister catch all of the fish yesterday, <laughs> yeah. as I'm told. And, yeah, let's say Alea is the opposite. She She's the one saying, I caught all the fish, Levi. And Levi's saying... I let you fish the whole time. I only cast four times, you know. Oh, man. So I didn't hear that part see, of the yeah, story. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll have to watch because Levi will. He wants bow other people wow. to get the light. And wow, he just that's is awesome. So, he's really so unique in that way. But both of them love Titus. Mm-hmm. I think there are times where um, you, you would have to say just forgetting that they're young. They've really grown up a lot. Oh They've goodness, matured yes. a lot. And so... Sometimes they'll say, uh, we ask them to watch Titus a lot, and they're really gifted in that. But uh, about a month ago, um, one of them came to us and said, you know Titus isn't our kid. You know, <laughs> oh, like, wow. So they can kind of call us on it that we'll <laughs> yeah. lean too heavily on them. But they do a pretty good job of just realizing that Titus is unique. And so it's not that we love him more, but he takes a lot more time and energy, especially... You know, Levi's 15, Alea's 13, and so by this point, we hope that we've built a good foundation for them, um, but Titus, we're still building that foundation, so you realize that that's uh, just the time investment changes as yeah. you get older, and so I think there's occasionally times that they, it feels like we do so much more for Titus. Um but you're very good to just come home and take them kayaking or just to take them to the lake or, hey, let's go ride our bikes or whatever. Like, we work really hard to make sure that they have those times um, individually. It, I think the stress probably comes more when we're all together, you know. But thank you for asking about that about other people and noticing our kiddos. Just the fact that you would have noticed them, that means the world to us because they are they're very gifted, special kiddos. And Levi, even more so being a pastor's kid, I'm almost always involved in a conversation. So Levi will stand next to me while I talk the entire time, never say two words. And so he's okay in that role. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think they've been really good, but we always want to be careful. And I keep hitting that cord. Yeah, down. you got to do it again. Push it in. There you go. You're good. 
Uh, We're going to switch mics for Yeah, you. no joke. You're going to tie my hands up here. Um, but Levi and Alea are both really good at just uh, loving on Titus. And I think it'll give them open eyes um, and just open doors in ministry. Well, as I, I think I said yesterday, your kids are very well, um, well they pr- present themselves very well. And you can tell when that's just put on or when it's real. I mean, that there's a, there's a real maturity, like you said. They've had to grow up, um, yeah. and, and it really is God's grace. And, and I mean, that really is the word of the day. It's God's grace. Mm-hmm. All of this is only possible by God's grace. Yeah. Um, and it's grace given and also get grace received, which it, it makes me, I wish I knew the future, and I wish we'd be able now to talk about what God will do, the full story of Titus mm. because he he when he walks into the room he owns the room in a way that is it's really marvelous I mean it's like it's like the presence of Jesus right there it's so cool um, mm. at the same time you wonder man how why did you I'm, I'm, I'm I guess I'm asking do you ever wonder why did you choose us No, I, I, I mean, I, I guess I I probably have a pretty simplistic mindset with this, that um, a saying I wear out is you have to play the hand you're dealt. Like I yeah. didn't I didn't pick um, a lot of things in life. Um, so what was handed to me is what I, I want to do the best with. Um, and so we were given Levi and just realizing Levi is different than Alea and Alea is different than Titus. And I think that's good advice for every parent, yeah. uh, whether you have a kid with special needs or not, that you need to know this kid's going to be gifted in different ways. I found that in church, uh, you know, I've been a pastor at two churches, often pastors are evaluated off of the gift set of the last pastor. Yeah, And so, you know, it's unfair to you do that. You just have to stay someone. long enough where they don't remember the last pastor. Yeah, exactly. That, what a blessing that is. <laughs> Um, then you become we, the standard. Yeah. Uh, but then when you leave, they're yeah. going to hire a pastor that is gifted in your weaknesses. Yeah. You yeah. know, the last guy was really good at this and next guy. And the to carry that thought with our kids, <clears throat> Levi has gifts that Alea doesn't. And Titus will have gifts. And one of mm-hmm. Titus's gifts will be this kind of uh, confident charisma that he's never met a stranger and loves everybody in a way yeah. that I wish I could look at people the way mm. Titus does and just say, man, I love that guy and you know, want to share the gospel with him. So our hope for Titus is that, talking about the future, we hope that he, and this has been our prayer, is that he would be able to know the Lord. Mm. And I understand that that may be at a different intellectual level um, than you know some people that are very intelligent. Um, but that he, he would know him and that he would be able to declare him. Mm. Yeah. And Our specific prayer has been that he would understand, articulate, and proclaim the name of Christ. And that, since he was tiny, we feel full, wholeheartedly that the Holy Spirit, um, Ren Collective has a comment that they say that there's no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. Mm. And um, we know that the Holy Spirit can speak to anybody, right? And so... We have prayed, um, even when our typical kiddos were tiny, that the the Spirit would speak to them 
even when they're tiny, in a way that we may never see, but would he commune with them even when they're little? And so when that translates over to Titus, who may not ever be able to cognitively say, I mean, that's our prayer, but we don't know what that looks like for him. Our prayer and our faith is in the Lord God and in the Holy Spirit who can, and we believe by faith, does commune with Titus talks with him teaches him and so our prayer constantly um is that he would be able to understand articulate and proclaim the name of christ wow yeah so i have a friend who has a a special needs kid too and um one of the things he told me one time was that that his son never holds a grudge Mm -hmm. he's incapable of holding a grudge does that is that the same with uh, Titus that you've seen or, or like I, I'm, I'm it's a qu- I'm wondering does he remember this is a bad person this is a kind person or does he give everybody a fresh start mm. or do you have you oh, are you aware that he's had people that w- have treated him poorly enough to, to hold a grudge that he would comprehend at this point okay I know he's really a daddy's boy and so uh, saying going back to saying that he's different than Levi and Alea Levi and Alea are great kids we disciplined them, and each of them different. The discipline that Alea took was different than what Levi took. Um, but Titus is so unique in that because there'll be some things that break his heart uh, that are very simple, and other things that um, you know we we spank and not in an abusive way. But you could spank him, and he'd look at you like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> <laughs> like it, it didn't physically hurt him. It didn't yeah. emotionally even penetrate. Didn't warp his you know, personality like, at all, did it? Yeah, he just <laughs> looked at you like, "What was that for?" <laughs> you know, and so it's it's kind of interesting because he is so joy filled. Um, part of that strong personality is if he wants to do something, he cannot comprehend why we be telling him no. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he holds grudges because he'll turn right back around and yeah. But he is very strong willed. But you know, I I love the fact though that you recognize that even though he has special needs, you still treat him as a kid who you are raising to be what everybody else would consider normal. You know, with yeah, right and wrong. You don't just uh, say, "Oh, well, that's just who he is." I mean, that's really, really cool. No, I mean, I mean, we all enter this world as sinners, right? Yeah, and um, we don't know what. Excuse me, what that's going to look like for Titus with salvation and repentance and all that. We don't, we trust the grace of the Lord in that. But um, every child needs training. And I would say, especially in Titus's story, you know, it just, the Lord needs us to come alongside of and teach Titus safety. He has no ability to see what is safe and what is not safe. And so that's a constant for us. Um, but we want him to learn that. And so it does come from teaching. It does come from having high expectations of him. When it comes to discipline, the Lord opened my eyes up about 18 months ago. I was just constant with Titus. It was constant. And he kept, we were at a friend's house. He kept running over to the stairway and trying to go downstairs. And these are friends that we do life with. It actually was our friends that Jared mentioned that was there when we got our diagnosis. And he kept running over to the stairs, and I get him, and I bring him back, and I explain to him no, and I go back and forth. And in my mind, Titus wasn't grasping it, and that's just what I, I just thought he didn't understand. I thought it was a cognitive um, issue, not um, an obedience issue at that point. And our friend went over and got him, 
one of the times and he came, he sat down and he goes, Titus, boy, your mama told you to be over here and not to go to the stairs again. And Titus just looked at him, shrugged his shoulders, went on and never went back to the stairs. Wow. And in that moment, I know that the Lord placed that moment there for me to see that Titus does understand he um, has a will, you know, and it's not always going to fit mine, but I need to guide him in that way. And so that like discipline at that moment started looking different. The conversation between Jared and I on how to discipline Titus became drastically different after that because I could see that my kid understood and I was writing it off for way too long. So yeah, that we, might be one of the most powerful things you've said today. Hmm. We got to watch somebody uh, make pottery once. And if you've ever watched that, you know, on a potter's wheel, ghost is in my head. Thank you so uh, much. Yeah, <laughs> man. Appreciate I it. I never thought of it. You've ruined the illustration. <laughs> it now did not function. Uh, go ahead and try. But yeah. I'm just saying I'm hearing a song and yeah. I'm seeing a go ahead. But that, the, the hmm. person was kind of doing a devotion as they did it. And part of what I remember from it was that their hands are heavier on the clay at the beginning. And as they are molding that clay, it begins to get lighter. And it's a great thought with parenting um, Mm -hmm. that you have a, you need to make an impression when they're young and that's when they're the most moldable. And as that becomes kind of that masterpiece, you notice that the potter doesn't push near as hard on it. And it is the thought that with our kids, we want to release them. Now, I don't know what that'll look like with Titus, but for whenever Dustin kind of stepped up and disciplined Titus, and as a dad, I I have to say, I don't know where I was in that moment. You know, I wish. (laughs) Well, did it offend you? No, 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 not at all. Probably because of the relationship. Okay, right. They they were very tight. Um, Yes, these are some of our our best friends in the world. So, um, yeah, just that thought of. With our oldest two, we realize there'll be a release date, you know, that we're letting our hands go and that we're going to be, in, instead of an enforcer, we become the influencer. Yeah. And um, with Titus just realizing we're still in that moldable state and hoping that the Lord will continue to mold them and, and use that um, as a good guidance for him. Man, what a great illustration. I've never heard that before, but that'll preach. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking as long as you don't bring up uh, the movie Ghost, it'll, <laughs> it'll preach. How can you not, man? I mean, that's like the any pottery story has got to end or at least contain in some point Ghost. <laughs> and all the people under 30 are going, Ghost? Why is he talking about a ghost? <laughs> sure. That was a pretty dumb movie. Was that the uh, name of it, Ghost? I can't remember. I, I, let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't remember. Oh, man. That's, a, that's many moons ago for me. So we are, uh, this is the longest podcast we have recorded in a year and a half. We're at 49 minutes. That's okay. Oh, my goodness. I know, for real, right? Yes. Just like a sermon. You start yeah. preaching, it's like, how do we do so long? Uh, well, I'm so sorry to, to no, have no, no, no. taken so much of that time. No, not at all. I, th- I think that people are encouraged by the story. I know I'm encouraged by the story. It is, uh, it is it never ceases to amaze me how God does what he does in such a beautiful way. Um, also cautious to say beautiful does not mean easy. Beautiful mm-hmm. doesn't mean um, that you know everything. Beautiful doesn't mean that there's no fear and there's uh, there's no questioning. But the fact that God is so good even in the midst of it is evident in your life. And you are a trophy 
of his grace. Your family mm-hmm. is a trophy of his grace. And so that's pretty, uh, pretty awesome to be able to be here and hear this. Well, Jeff, I, I have to tell you, we we need to let you see Titus worship sometime. Oh, because you talk to. about him being all out. Oh, um, man. Whenever he was, man, I think he was two, he was three years old. And we had gone to a camp that Levi um, was at and, you know, gone in. A friend of mine was running the sound. So we came in, kind of gave him a hug, and, and Titus sat down, and the, the kids were there worshiping. And I don't remember what song it was. I have it recorded on my phone, but Titus just being little bitty. You know, we're Baptists, so, you know, we, we don't have a whole lot of hand raising. <laughs> but I remember him just looking up at the stage, listening to the music, and raising up both of his hands. And now, if you hold him during worship, he'll look over at you and he'll grab your hands and he'll he'll put his hand up and look at you like, why aren't you raising your hands? Wow. And of course, I you know, with a kid, you don't know how much of that's just going through emotion, but there's something that happens in his heart with music and realizing he was created to worship. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. It's really the coolest thing to watch. You see it and you think, man, when he... When the Holy Spirit reveals God to him, and and hopefully he can understand and comprehend Christ and what Christ did for him, I can't wait to see him worship, you know, in, in that, in a deeper knowledge. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely uh, created for that worship, and will lead people in that. That is awesome. There's no better way to end the podcast than that right there. Well, thank you for being here, very much so. Thank you. We're going to hang out here in a little bit and uh, record another one that is a little bit different than this one, but uh, I hope that if you're listening to this, you will have been encouraged, and I hope that you will share this, like, and subscribe. And more than that, though, understand that God's grace is sufficient for you, just like it is for, um, for each of us. So, till next time, we will see you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. You want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.